0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Level Up podcast, where you learn how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And we are talking about how tech and technology companies are potentially going to affect the future of the buyer-agent role. So if you are a buyer's agent yourself, or if that's a significant portion of your income, or if you're an entrepreneur in real estate and you're leading a team where a lot of it is based on having buyer's agents and generating and closing and converting buyer leads, either way, this conversation is going to be super valuable to you because we're going to help get ourselves in position Mentally, so that we are looking for certain things that are coming down the road and how we might need to adjust uh, to serve the consumer, so that we not only stay in business, but we provide the value that they actually want, um, and and kind of incorporate that into our business. So, Greg Harrelson, what's up today?
1: Hey, excited to have uh, uh, this conversation. I love spending a lot of times and a lot of time, you know, thinking about what could potentially happen. And the reality is, we have no idea what's really going to happen. <laughs> Right. Um, until after it happens, right? But I do, yeah. um, you know, just for just to, to kind of just set the, the tone here. I spend a lot of time in these types of conversations, like what if and what could potentially be the threat that no one else is looking at. And when I start identifying threats, even though I, I'm I'm making it up, it, as I'm starting to 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 manifest at least or make up these potential threats, then I go through the process of. Figuring out what in the world do I need to do to protect me from being victim of where the industry could go. I am going to tell you right now, I have no darn clue where this is going to go. I have no crystal ball, but I do believe at the end of this conversation um, that some people will scratch their head and say, you know what, that could actually happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about that. What's what's the most likely scenario you think based on based on the players? And (laughs) and there's obviously the big one that we have to keep our eye on. But uh, we're talking about a little bit uh, about this before we started recording. So I kind of have an idea of where you want to go. And then I've got something to share from my end as well. So let's start with you. And where do you see things going?
1: Okay, so I I started looking at the, the buy in side of the transaction and. You know, you know, is there a threat with commissions being, uh, you know, decreased? And I think there's a threat out there. I think that's, I think that's fairly common. But like, Mm -hmm. how does that happen? Like, you know, it's, it's sometimes our a a professional's commission or fee or whatever you want to call it could trend down, and we could make less. But it doesn't always mean that the consumer is going to pay less. It just means that the piece of the pie, the commission pie might get chopped up and be distributed amongst additional players. So who are some of the additional players that could come into play? We'll set Zillow aside. I mean, Zillow's been a conversation. They are significant. But let's just think about the latest acquisition of Amazon. Okay, so Amazon just acquired a company called Ring. A lot of people know what Ring is. It's that doorbell that has that camera, uh, you know, on it. So when people are walking up, it's being recorded, you know, and and you can kind of like see on a monitor who's at your door. Um, Even if you're not in the house, you can look on your phone and see who's at your door because a notification will come up when there's activity around your door. That's the Mm -hmm. technology. Now, why in the world do they want to actually be in the doorbell business? Well, it's yeah. not that they want to be in the doorbell business. They actually want to be a, a part of the overall puzzle of access to your house. See, that camera, that doorbell eventually leads to a lock on the door. And, and this now this is, again, I don't have an inside track on Amazon. I'm making all this up. But bear with me. I think you're going to believe that, hey, this is possible. Now, whether it's probable That'll be up for you to decide, but it's definitely possible. So now all of a sudden, let's just assume for a moment that they're controlling the doorknob as well as they've already got control of the doorbell, and they've got camera systems. Now you decide you want to get a package delivered from Amazon. You're an Amazon Prime member. You buy something, package delivered. Amazon delivery person rings the doorbell. All of a sudden in your Amazon Prime app, a notification pops up and says, Your package is ready for delivery. And then you hit a button, and all of a sudden a camera comes on and you say, Hello. And the guy says, Hello, I'm John with Amazon. I'm here to deliver your package. Would you like me to leave it on your step or would you prefer that I put it in the door? Oh, go ahead and put it in the door. Then you give them an act, a, a, a code. They hit 1234. That code will expire within the next. 30 seconds, they open the door while you see them on camera, they drop the package off and then they lock the door and they say, thank you. You say, thank you. Transaction's done. You just let a stranger in your house and you felt good about it. Yeah. Now I know most of us right now are like, I'll never do that. Well, there's a lot of things that we say that we'll never do that we end up doing. It just takes us a little time to kind of warm up to the process. Mm -hmm. Let's just assume for a minute that what I just said eventually happens. And I do believe, and if you Google it, there's plenty of people that believe this is where Amazon is going. But once that technology is developed, which pretty much already exists, once we as consumers adopt that technology and are feeling comfortable with it, then why not just have an app for buyers to actually do the same thing? They knock on the ring the doorbell. You get a notification. The buyer lets themselves in and shows the property on their uh, uh, by themselves. I know that that sounds absurd. We're talking about Uber, you know, getting into real estate and driving them around. You know, there's those theories. I think it's beyond that. I think that there's a possibility that people could actually show properties on their own. They can view properties, and we as consumers will eventually get to a stage where we're comfortable with it. Now, I don't know, Matt that that's going to happen. It ain't going to happen next year. And it might not happen for five years. And it may not happen before I retire. But I think that we're progressing in that direction and i think it's very important that through the process and through the progression there will constantly be new things coming in from technology companies that will make it efficient for consumers for agents and for technology companies to justify them getting a small piece of the transaction and each time that happens we as agents buyers agents or agents for sellers have to learn how to survive in a you know, when there's pressure on commissions we're going to have to we're going to have to learn how to survive on lower margins but i don't want to get too rattled by this because in a perfect world the technologies companies their argument's going to be well yes you have to make less per transaction but we're taking on some of the tasks that you no longer have to do so they're justifying their little piece of the pie too yep. so you know the question becomes how do we adapt to an industry that's moving so quickly in this type of direction.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think the the answer to that, uh, just in terms of like what what do we do right now, because I, I think there's that I think that's an option. Uh, I think there's if you look culturally at how Australia is different from the US in terms of their real estate market, they're very auction heavy. Um, mm-hmm. And that's another English speaking, very culturally similar market to the United States. So I could definitely see auctions taking off at some point or especially if a big name like Amazon got involved and took some of the complexity out of the transaction by stepping in and saying, hey, we're buying it and then we're going to turn around and auction it because we can market it better than you can, Mr. Real Estate Agent. So if if something like that happened to where let's say auctions took off or something like that happened to where the buyer's agents just aren't as necessary to drive people around and look at houses because the houses are open when they're open you go and you sh- you're shuffled into a time frame where you have to show up at that house at that time and there's a group there and it, like there's there's an auction being held there are different scenarios like that that I can see that almost might eliminate the role of a buyer's agent so mm-hmm. if you're if you're heavy on buyers now I think here's one of the disadvantages I think as an industry, we have been very, very bad at conveying that one of the best reasons to work with an agent is our negotiating ability, partially mm. because a lot of agents don't have any. And so the, the public doesn't perceive that as being a big part of what we do or a big value add. I think that's our own fault, but it is what it is. Uh, and I think that's really what puts the buyer's agent role at risk is because that's not why buyers work with the buyer agent. They believe they need us to find the home. They want us to walk through with them and hold their hand through the emotional part of the transaction. That's why they work with buyer's agents. Mm-hmm. What we really do is yes, we do all that, but then we we represent them and negotiate the deal. That's where our, most of our value and most of our money is supposed to be made in the fact that we are negotiating a better deal. We have not communicated that, and so if that's what if that's what our main kind of buyer prop like proposition to the buyer is, is that we're going to negotiate, that's a problem because they don't mm-hmm. probably just doesn't value it. And so I think we, are, we need to realize that as agents, our primary value to the market is our marketing and the fact mm-hmm. that we have the ability to list the property and attract the right types of buyers. And if we don't have that skill set, either at the individual or the team level, we're setting ourselves up to be in trouble down the road because it's not enough to be a negotiator. We have to be a marketer.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think you a marketing agent and then we've got to based on the service that you provide, that will that will that will create an experience for the people you're servicing. Mm-hmm. And so it really comes down to like there are going to be people that will continue to want to work with agents because of the experience and, and the, the skill sets um, and, and the value that the agents bring in. But they've got to bring that value. And there's certain values that we have had in the past, past that are not perceived to be values in the future that may not be perceived to be value in the future. Like you used, say, negotiating you know, as a skill set that people kind of like – you know, at one point, you know, it's like so important for me to make sure I've got somebody who's great at negotiating. But now it's common. to like, that's just common. Like, that's almost a given. You know, you're not going to get like extra points because you're a great negotiator. You're going to get penalized because you're not. Right. So what do, where do we get the extra points now? Where, where do we get the extra points in the eyes of the consumer? And a lot of it's going to be the experience that we provide. Not only does it need, need to be a wow experience, but it needs to be a relevant wow experience. It needs to be marketing, relevant, great experience, wow, all kind of wrapped in one. So I think that the, the um, value that the consumer puts on um, the, the the service that the agent provides, the care that the agent provides is going to increase. Um, unfortunately, we're in a market where we become so transaction-minded. In an industry, it's like it's just widgets. So we're kind of moving away from caring and providing great experiences. And I think we need to really start thinking about moving back towards that because the technology is going to really facilitate a lot of transaction types things, but they can't really facilitate the service, the care, the emotional side stuff, at least yet.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. We were talking behind the scenes um, before we started recording, and you mentioned that you, you still use travel agents and, and I don't. Uh, and there's there's an important principle in there, I think, which is that it costs you more in the time that you spend booking your own travel uh, than it does me, and so you use a travel agent, whereas I book my own travel at least for now. Uh, and and there's I think the principle there is that the travel agent that's in your life has positioned themselves intentionally or unintentionally by marketing to the affluent, and that's mm-hmm. a great uh, a great example that we potentially need to look at is starting to go up market from where we're at now. So if our average price point is $150,000, let's start moving that up and let's start servicing a little more affluent clientele because those are the people that are the most likely to still want and value our services even as other companies might come in and make other things we do a commodity. They're the yeah. ones that value that concierge-level service just like you do.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, and, and again, I want to uh, uh, say it. I kind of attempted to say it in the beginning. I'm going to say it again right now. I do not believe real estate agents the real estate agent is going to go away. I don't believe that. Now, it may eventually, but I don't think it'll be in my lifetime as a real estate professional. Okay, so this is not like, holy crap, we're, are, are, are my, my job or my industry, my profession is going to go away. No, I do think, though, through technology inefficiencies, the number of real estate agents doing transactions could go down. Okay. So I could see the number going down, not them going away, the number going down, and I can see that we start that technology plays a bigger role in the overall transaction. We play a very significant role in in smaller segments of the transaction. They play a technology plays a a a role in certain segments of the transaction. The commission then has to be divided by the new all the parties that are participating in the transactions. If that does happen, what do we do? And so Zillow, it, I mean, pretty much most people that really track Zillow and really are, are involved or paying attention, man, wait till you see what happens in the fall. Zillow's not going to give us any leads anymore. It's clear. They're not giving us any leads anymore. They are going to take all the leads, not distribute them out to us through a zillow app anymore they're going to call them all and when somebody says they want to uh meet with an agent then they're going to live connect the agent hmm. now what does that mean now we're talking about they're not sending us the lead that means i don't get a hundred leads that i can then make outbound calls to where speed to lead used to be the conversation right And I don't know if you go back and listen to some conversations I had. I said, forget the five-minute crap. It's got to be real-time. It's getting ready to be real-time this fall because they're not even going to give you the lead. They're going to only give you a live transfer. And if you don't pick up the phone, it goes to somebody else, and that somebody else might be your competitor. I bet you they're not even going to guarantee us a number of leads. They're not going to do that. We won't even be talking about how much the cost per lead is. We'll be actually paying to be the first one to get the opportunity, and if we miss that opportunity, it's in trouble. Now, in order for them to pull this off, which they already have going on, it's called their concierge service. It's just going to be develop, it's, it's developed out much more robust than we see it right now. But in order for them to pull this off, they have to have an entire room, a floor in their office building of ISAs. So for all of us that are building out all these this infrastructure, ISAs, we're actually building out, growing our number of, of, of staff. We're doing all this. At the same time, the technology is, is – some technologies are getting ready to say, no, you don't have to do that anymore. We're going to do it all for you. And in this case, if you want to be a part of their program, it'll be this is how they work. There won't be a like, right. well, I don't need that. It won't be a choice like it is today. It'll be – the system. So then what do you do with all your ISAs? If you're a big Zillow person that have all these ISAs, will you need that many ISAs? Because the end, will you need that many buyer's agent? because the number of leads that you're going to get will be cut in half because they're not going to give you leads anymore. They'll just be giving you live transfers, and they'll incubate those other leads on their own and do live transfers later on. So they'll weed out a lot of stuff that's not really like 12 months out that you're used to getting. All that stuff will be weeded out. So now you're going to get significantly less leads. We're only talking about this one source. But if you're wrapped up to be getting 400 leads a, a, a month and now you're only going to get 200 and you don't even have to take the initial call anymore. It's all done. How does that affect the way you're structuring your team?
0: Yeah, well, I think initially it'll make people very dependent on that uh, and then they'll get comfortable and then Zillow will start cutting back the, the commission splits because they'll realize and maybe that would be the, their plan all along is to do yeah. that because you know, you know as you as you cut down the value that you bring as the team leader, which right now the value is in setting up a structure that follows up and incubates those leads, right? If we get that responsibility taken off of us or we abdicate that responsibility, then someone else is gonna capture the value of doing that. And so I think, I mean, exactly. g- given all that, do you still, I mean, would you just, is it still a, just a race to a database, build the biggest, most engaged, relationship-based database now, so that even if the Zillows of the world decide to kind of cut us off from getting the raw leads and only feed us the ones that are incubated, that we, we kind of beat them to that by having a database of people who look directly to us as the expert and shortcut and, or, and run Zillow completely?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think it's always a race to the database. But I think if we're if we're really having conversations about building databases at this point, it, it, we may be, it, we may be a little too far behind. Um, really? But yes. Yeah. Don't I mean, don't I mean, uh, who's got the biggest database right now? Hmm. Amazon. Yeah, true. Facebook. Google. Is Google in the real estate business? Just no. Google HomeLite. Find out who owns HomeLite. Okay. Is Facebook in the real estate business? I don't know that they have any, you know, that they own any companies that they actually get any referral fees off yet. Okay. Is Amazon actually putting things on their, their 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 website right now about real estate services? Do we believe that they're eventually going to be a referral partner? I think most people believe that now. Just go into their website and you can find stuff. Mm. Okay, so you know, if we're just now talking about like building a database, mm. it's not about <laughs> building the database anymore. Here's what it's okay. about. It's about connecting with the database. Yeah. I'd rather have a smaller database. With high engagement and high connectivity than a large database right now. So you've got it. So I think it's going to go. Uh, uh, it's and I don't know if this is the proper term, but I think it'll make sense. It's we're all we're gravitating towards hyper local. So when we go a race to a database, we think let's build the database as big as we can now. Yeah. That is not going to matter as much as the significance, the relationship, the nurturing, the connectivity, the engagement, the value that you're delivering. If you deliver wow value to a smaller database, it'll be way more uh, productive and profitable than actually delivering okay value to a big database because a big database is going to be competing against Amazon. Amazon's going to outdo you if you're going for big. You've got to go for quality at this point. So it's a race to relevance. It's not a race to the database. It's a race to relevance. Are you going to be more relevant to that database than your competition is to that same database? Because everybody in your database is already in Amazon, Google's, Zillow's, and other people's database. They're already there. It's Now it's a race to relevance.
0: Hmm. Nice. I like it. The race to relevance.
1: There we go. Man, okay. I got a lot of <laughs> – I'm good at, this is all conspiracy theory now. I, mean, I <laughs> That's right. I, you know, I it'd be interesting to see what kind of feedback I get from this because I'm yeah. I, I'm I'm really making um in a way kind of I'm making some prediction. But but mm-hmm. let me let me sum it up like this. Okay. I am constantly in fear as a business person mm-hmm. of what I don't see coming. Right. Because it's probably gonna be what I don't see coming that's gonna knock me out. Mm-hmm. And so I'm constantly engaging in these conversations as a way to explore potential threats and potential things that a lot of times people are just not talking about. And you know what? None of these things may happen. All of these things may happen. But the value of the conversation is going through the process of thinking outside of where we currently are right now And figuring out what ifs and what would I do in this scenario? Because when I leave the conversation, at the end of the day, I know I've got to service the people better. I've got to deliver more value, and that'll probably be the way that I'm one of the last people standing or you'll be one of the last people standing. And these conversations either remind me of that or sometimes Tell me that I need to do something like this that I haven't even been thinking about. So mm-hmm. that's the whole point in having these kind of theory, theoretical type of conversations or what could happen.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's, be, it's good to be mentally prepared and and project. Yeah, and then you never know when it may uncover some sort of direction that we need to start taking right now. So speaking of people reaching out and uh, and and speculating and um, and kind of giving you feedback on your on your predictions here, what's the best way to uh, connect with you?
1: Hey, if you want to tell me I'm crazy um, after this episode, then the best way to do it is to go to Facebook and just message me. But, you know, I'd love for anybody just if you if, if this has inspired any thought in your own mind, then please share it with me. You know, it's just a way for us to just continue to feed each other and and, and help each other out. But the most efficient way to reach me right now is through Facebook Messenger.
0: Awesome. Uh, and then for the show, guys, make sure to go to either Apple Podcast app or Stitcher if you're on an Android device. Those are the best ways to uh, subscribe on your handy-dandy mobile. And then if you want to just cut out the podcasting part of it, go straight to YouTube. You can look at the Level Up podcast and you can watch the videos uh, on your tablet, on your desktop, on your phone, whichever the case is. So... We just want to say we appreciate everybody watching and listening and helping the show grow, and thank you for the ratings and, and sharing it with your friends and agents and brokers and all that stuff. As the show continues to grow, uh, we don't put any ad dollars uh, like into blasting it all over the place. You know, you don't see ads in your Instagram feed for the podcast and stuff like that all the time. Uh, so we just wanted to say thank you for for sharing the show because that's why the show continues to grow and continues to get more downloads from people like you. So just wanted to say thank you again for all of that. And Greg, this was awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for participating.